You're listening to The Holdcast with Jack Grimsey and Robert Lintott. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 95 of The Holdcast. As always, Jack Grimsey here. My co-host Robert is back as well. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, give you guys a quick rundown of today's episode. Over the weekend, Aston Villa won 8-0 in a friendly. And yes, we are going to get... Way too overexcited about that. Going to talk about the new signings, a little bit about Stan Petrov, some more transfer news, answer your Twitter questions as always, and just give you a little bit about Villa's future, the near future, regarding some more friendly matches before the season gets underway. All that in just a moment. So we're back. Hey, Robert, how's it going? Missed you. You had a pretty pretty busy summer so far. Yeah, no kidding. It's going wonderfully. It's nice to actually be back here. Um, could you tell me which team we're talking about again? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not the Villa that we last saw against Arsenal, where Mark Bunn found the net the only time for the villains, and it was his own net, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, When last I left, Aston Villa were uh, no good. Uh, We're still owned by Randy Lerner and hadn't bought anyone worth mentioning. And now apparently we're going to be one of the top five best teams in the world within the decade. Oh, we are going to be the best best team ever within this year because is is that all? You know why? You know why we new new owner Tony Shaw and first match eight no win. Just give us give us a trophy. I mean, the interesting thing is, is if he went from zero to eight in his first match, I think that means that we'll win 16 nil in the second match. And, you know, by the end of the season, we'll be on a goal per minute pace. I mean, you see the you see the eight nil. I tweeted, what year is it? Because that's a score straight out of, I don't know, maybe not the 1890s because the formations were so bad back then that it was just kick and rush and nobody really scored a lot. But maybe out of the 50s or something. Yeah. I, uh, 8-0 is a score out of the 50s or out of, uh, Villa for the past decade. Wasn't it 8-0 that we lost to Chelsea? Yeah, it was 8-0 to Chelsea, and Guzan even saved a penalty, I believe. But even in February, it was 6-0 to Liverpool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I I will take 8-0. And 8-0 against, uh, strong international Austrian competition. Yeah, Grazer, AK, 1902, actually... Had to be dissolved a couple years ago, but are back and playing in Austria's sixth division, very prestigious league. Of yeah, course, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's basically a feeder league to the Champions League. Real, I mean, every league is technically, so you can't really uh, can't really say that's wrong. But I I don't care at all. It's good for Villa to get a win. It's you just need to build some confidence at this stage, and you know Joe Bennett was the man of the match for scoring two free kicks, and we actually saw a video with one of them, and he put it in the top corner. So I don't really, yeah. have, don't really have complaints Yeah, there. absolutely. And I mean, in case anyone, this being the internet and all, one's never sure how oblivious one's audience is. But uh, in case anyone is wondering, it really isn't a huge deal to beat a six-division Austrian team 8-0. But like you said, who cares? It's a win for Aston Villa, a win under new ownership, a win in really convincing style. It's a really great way to start this summer friendly schedule. 
Yeah, it's not like just barely edging it against Notts County in extra time in the cup last year. You know, that's that was not a win to be encouraged by. And for obvious reasons, it was a sign of things to come, leaking goals left and right. But anyways, I'll run down the goals for you really quickly. Micah Richards scored in the 10th minute before he was substituted at the half-hour mark by Alan Hutton, who actually was the only player to play in both halves. Uh, Jordan Ayu scored. In the 17th minute, Libor Kozak got on the score sheet in the 19th. Ayu added another one in the 35th. And then just as the second half was getting underway, Joe Bennett scored his first free kick just a minute into the second period. Rudy Justed in the 63rd minute added goal number sixth. And then goal number seven was once again from Joe Bennett. That was in the 83rd minute. And just four minutes from time, even Hutton got on the score sheet. That made it 8-0. The uh, really impressive thing to me is, you might have it somewhere, but in our script, Jack didn't have all that written down, so I'm going to go ahead and assume you had that all memorized. Um, no, I'm actually just reading it off the article that I wrote the other day. Recapping you had it match. all memorized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Hire Jack to be I your knew, next sportscaster. I knew um, the Bennett brace, but uh, so many goals, I was, you know... Just get lost, get lost in the goals. Yeah, but, uh, it was on on Twitter the the whole time. Once I think it was once we were at about six or seven, and everyone's just tweeting, "We want ten, like get to double digits." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, um, but it's too it's too bad we didn't get to see that. And you know, like before before the season, or excuse me, at the before the season ended, at the end of last season, before we had a new owner. When everything was still looking pretty pretty grim for Villa, uh, some people had been asking us, how are we going to watch Villa in the championship? Are you going to even be able to watch Villa in the USA next year? Blah, 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 blah. And I, I wasn't really that bothered. I was obviously going to still make an effort to cover the team, and we're still going to be bringing you the whole cast, as always. But missing a little bit of Villa, eh, that's okay, whatever. Now, <laughs> I want to see as much of this team as possible. I want to see every minute of every match. And that said, uh, I will 100% take the sacrifice. I will not watch a minute of Villa this year if they can win every match 8-0. Oh, my gosh. Well, remember when you went on vacation and they were winning, and then <laughs> no one started a Kickstarter for you, for you to keep going on vacation, so then Villa were losing. Like, pretty pretty direct correlation right there, Robert. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's do this again. Yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about this friendlies. In a, in a little while, this one actually wasn't even scheduled. Villa went on the Austrian tour, and there are no more currently scheduled. Maybe they'll have another practice-friendly. I say practice because this was even more of a, of a friendly than previously even imagined. But there's a couple coming up on Saturday, which we'll get to at the end of the show. But What, what do we call something that's more than a friendly? Is it a BFF-friendly? It was like a friendly with benefits, cause just because we scored eight <laughs> 0 like. <laughs> um, yeah, oh yeah. Anyways, friendly were, and chill. Yeah, friendly. It was there was no chill. I think eight goals. They were just stepping on the gas, but so friendly and nil. Yeah, friendly and nil. Yeah. Um. So that first half featured what two two new signings. Pierluigi Gallini was in goal. And Micah Richards, as I said, he went off injured on 30 minutes for Hutton. Tommy Elphick paired Nathan Baker at center back. Ali Sissoko at left back. Still didn't get to see Jordan Amovi 
uh, Josegana Gay and Gary Gardner both playing in the, the holding position in that defensive midfield. It was a 4-2-3-1, actually, that Di Matteo went with in both halves. Um, Jordan Vertu, Carlos Hill, and Jordan Ayew were behind Libar Kozak. And, you know, I think there, we could see a few of those players leave this summer. Yeah, I think we could. Um, although, I said this in an article I wrote last week, I think it's a really encouraging sign that the exodus that we all assumed was going to happen has not happened yet. Like, I, yeah, we're granted, going to granted be- the window only opened at the beginning of July officially, but really we could have seen, I think, at least a few of these guys already already headed for the exit door, and you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to lose a few players, and that's fine, and that's to be expected when you drop down to the championship. Um, but... I think it's a good sign that people aren't just tr- lining up to leave. I think that shows a little faith in the new ownership and faith in the new manager and faith in the prospects to maybe actually get back up within one year. Especially the the tweets from someone like Jordan Amavi, who is, by all accounts, sounds really happy to stick around. Yeah, absolutely. And anyways, here's the here's the team for the second half again. Like I said, four two three one. Mark Budden goal. Hutton stayed on at right back. Yurisakura. Paired with Julian Lescott, who obviously everyone wants to see leave at center back. Joe Bennett on the left. Ashley Westwood paired Stylian Petrov in defensive midfield. And then it was an attacking trio of Jack Grealish, Gabby Bonlahor, and Scott Sinclair behind Rudy Justed. And yeah, today, I mean, I guess I'll break the news. Today there was, it was announced that uh, Olympique de Marseille, OM... Um, bid seven point one million, which is just a Ghana's buyout clause in his contract. And but you know, like you were saying, he could have already been gone. Jordan Ayew could have already been gone. Uh, Ashley Westwood, there's been a bid for him from Burnley, so really he could have been gone. But still, there's there's a lot of players that we we want to get rid of, and no bids have came in for them either, unfortunately. <laughs> I feel like what we should tell people is you can have whatever play you want for one million less than you're offering, so long as you'll take Lescott. Yeah, you get. I mean, you gotta, you gotta uh, take some baggage with you on the way out. But um, like we yeah, take since... less money, and we will send you an extra player, but you have to take this player. Or it's just like a grab bag of players. You're, you you end up with a Hutton. Also, it's like you. It's kind of like the lottery you don't want to win. All right, here's five players we don't want. Pick two. <laughs> buy two, get one free. <laughs> Actually, buy one, get like three free. But, um, yeah, so anyways, the players that weren't involved with this in this friendly and part of the Austria Tour also were the ones that were involved in summer tournaments like Carlos Sanchez and Brad Guzan. Copa America, so they're still getting time off. Obviously, both of those guys could leave also, even though Sanchez personally told me he is still under contract at Villa, which, breaking news. Um, (laughs) But it was still fun to talk to him. But, um, yeah, so since since a couple of those new guys played, let's just go over a quick profile for them. Pierluigi Gallini, that goalkeeper, he's 21 from Hellas Verona, and... The the fee was was rumored at um, I don't know I saw estimates ranging from four to four and a half to five million pounds, which obviously changing a lot in actual value in this day and age. But he's a goalkeeper. 
God, He's I really, really hope they agreed to that fee in pounds and not in euros or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Well, maybe in euros, then it really... It, I don't know, what is the euro becoming even worse against the pound? I don't know, I just know everything's no, terrible. It's, the pound is becoming worse, which means it has less purchasing power anywhere. I just, I had only really been looking at both of those against the dollar and not specifically against each other, but I just saw that the dollar was getting stronger against them both. But anyways, Galini, 26 Serie A appearances last year. He didn't really start playing until about halfway through the year and only managed to keep two clean sheets, allowed 44 goals. But, I mean, he, he probably knows what to expect at Villa, or at least thought he knew what to expect until this thrashing but his team didn't even win a game until the 3rd of February last year and Villa you know they won opening day but not again until what December 29th so I think I think he'll be used to that I know Sam Ty had tweeted a video of just some horrible defending going on in front of him and I was like well he knows he knows what to expect but yeah that's that's crazy that they didn't win until February 3rd although they had 11 draws and 11 losses, so probably some more points in Villa at that stage. Yeah, no, that's true. It's, um... God, I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I'm a little shocked, honestly. I think this is a good move. I like this move, but I was not expecting us to fix our keeper problems with a 21-year-old. It, yeah, it came out of nowhere, and I couldn't be happier about it, really. Especially after the way our talks for a young keeper broke down last uh. January. God. And you know he's got to be pretty. Probably the only person who's mad about this right now is Remy Gard. Poor <laughs> <laughs> uh, Remy. Oh my gosh! But oh uh, yeah, last thing on Galini, he has played for Italy at various youth levels. Um, and next guy who's going to be seeing probably quite a lot of time in front of him, Tommy Elphick, captain Villa in that first half. He was Burnmouth captain until we. Pride the 27-year-old central defender away from the Cherries for a fee around $3 million. Center back who, he didn't really see a lot of time with Burnmouth last year, so they were happy to be rid of him, I think, for, for that price. We were happy to have him. He only made 12 appearances last year. But when in their promotion campaign, when they won the championship two years ago, he only missed 27 minutes of league action starting all 46 games. Which is uh, That's amazing. Time. Yeah, that's a great sign to have for someone coming into this season, especially given how injury-prone uh, our yeah, his defense center back, is. His center-back partner specifically, the other day, Nathan Baker. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, heck, anyone in this Aston Villa defense, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could put metal robots in the Aston Villa defense and they would somehow break tendons they didn't even have. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Akora has been able to maintain a clean bill of health. Even Micah Richards, when when put in there, um, oh yeah, and the Kier, only Kieran one who Clark. Sorry, was Lescott. Yeah, and sorry, I didn't mention Clark was at the Euros with Republic of Ireland, so he was he was also not included. Yeah, um, it's I yeah, I'm excited to see another center back coming in. I'm not sure if that's the position I would have wanted to. Strengthen. Hopefully, it's a sign that we will see less of Richards and Lescott this year. I think that's the the right amount to spend at that position, though. If you if you were going to do some business, just three million is it's drops in the bucket early. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a 
No, solid middle-of-the-road center back. That's totally acceptable. Um, he's not going to be world-class. He's not going to be, um, you know, when we got, what was it, about five or six months out of Ron Vlara, which he was world-class good. Uh, he'll never be that, but he will be a solid center back, and God knows because he is not a dead person, he will be better than Julian Lescott. Hey, you know, it's a scarecrow. A scarecrow is always going to get a match rating of one because a scarecrow is never going to get nutmegged. <laughs> God. And the scarecrow certainly won't tweet out a picture of a car from its scarecrow butt. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, so off I'm the just pitch, you really don't have to worry about it by the scarecrow. Maybe it's going to fall over and be laying on the ground, but he's not going to be drunk. That's not going to be why. I'm just afraid that you're making a real straw man argument here. I would take a straw man over Lescott any day. It's far, <laughs> far cheaper. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you put him, if you stick him in the right position, he's never going to be playing anyone on side inconveniently. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then in you know how right before the summer we were getting that the the Tony Shaw video where he said twenty, thirty, forty, fifty million maybe. Well, mm-hmm. quickly that number is adding up because if you have the Say five million from Galini, Elphick takes it to eight, and then Aaron Tishbola, who's just come in from Reading, a twenty-one-year-old midfielder. There's another five million, so we're we're already approaching the twelve, thirteen mark. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I think that's okay. Um, I think the fifty million that we heard is probably absurd, but even if it is absurd by you know thirty percent or so, that's still thirty-five million, which. I mean, at this point, I know this is a huge series of what-ifs. If 50 million was right, if we're pretty conservative with that, and we've got 35 million. But if we buy those what-ifs, that still leaves Villa with 22 million to play with. For a championship side, that is half a squad. Oh, oh yeah, no doubt. And But the thing is that I'm worried about is that if players end up leaving, so say Ghana goes, and that basically knocks it down seven million so it's kind of like we've only spent five but i don't know if tony was talking about total outlay or net spend because i think a net spend of 20 would be incredible yeah absolutely you Um, know but just spending 20 total when we could easily recoup 18 maybe through various players because ghana could go for seven iu could go for another seven and you know and then westwood goes for six that's 20 that we just received yeah it's pretty pathetic i mean think about this villa were a premier league team since the beginning of the premier league villa were one of the great clubs in english football etc etc we've spent 13 million this summer approximately and compared to what happened in january it feels like we're rolling in cash which is just a sign of how pathetic january really was oh it was just a horror show um, you know, because wasn't it actually literally an outlay of zero? Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember if we brought on some, like, random $5. <laughs> We're not signing players from Blackpool where you can pay them one twenty nine or the cost of a song on iTunes to buy <laughs> a player. <laughs> uh, we, you mean we're not getting Gary Goals? Yeah, no Gary Goals. Uh, alas. But, yeah, anyways, back to Tishbola. He's 21, like I said. Um, only made 12 appearances in the championship last year. He's played a lot in the youth Premier League. But in 12 appearances last year, zero goals, zero assists, four yellow cards. 
can play pretty much anywhere in central midfield, attacking-wise, or a little on the right, a little on the left, whatever. And he has made one appearance in March of 2013 for the England U18s, although he also has heritage from the the Democratic Republic of the Congo, so technically he could get capped there at the senior level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Since another Jack Grealish situation coming up here, in which the big question is Congo or England? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I I was joking, I think... (laughs) Um, the, the only thing that's, I mean, it's always nice I to was have joking. <laughs> U, U18, U21, you know, credits to your name and whatnot. It is a little, uh, worrisome that it has been three years since his one England call-up. Like, that shows that there was a lot of potential there and nothing really came of it. Yeah, or that he only got into the team that one random time, just didn't make an impact, and then was put on the back burner, and then they switched managers, and yada. I mean, it, I don't know. You know, I think it's I think it's pretty hard to crack that. Yeah, no, it is totally difficult. I, I mean, just, compared to Gallini, who has like twenty five appearances for Italy, that seems like he's much more of a mainstay in that team. And yeah, Gallini there's just a log. There's just a log gem at the senior level for Italy right now at keeper, obviously behind Buffon. But there there will be a time soon. He's twenty one. That he's <laughs> you know if he goes as old as Buffon, he has seventeen years ahead of yeah, him at no least. Kidding. Um, I can't imagine how annoying it must be to be a goalkeeper trying to break into a national squad. Yeah, especially if your work permit depends on it. Yeah, absolutely. By playing a certain percentage of matches. Imagine being a young American goalkeeper and knowing that you're being blocked by Brad Guzan, for instance. And Tim Howard. Oh, God. To some extent, but... Yeah, so those are incoming transfers. Let's look a little bit at the, the outgoing guys and like i said ghana could be heading back to france mm-hmm. 7.1 million i think that's too low i hopefully we'd get 10 obviously not a really a seller's market for villa though i yeah i think that's totally fine actually um i would imagine that it wouldn't shock me i should say if there was some sort of clause in the contract that says the buyout is lower if we drop into the championship or something yeah like that. and i think i think it probably is um, you know, put it into terms of the championship, and seven point one million is a, you know, that's a Jesed Jesed style striker. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think I think that's a totally fair amount to expect out of it. You just don't you just don't want to get robbed like a Deli Ali situation. But if he's just going to OM, at least he's in France. Exactly, whatever. we're not going to have to regret it until you know we're in the Champions League in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at that point, I'll be happy. Yeah, and we'll be winning to, that eight every match. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So, um, I believe Callum Robinson went to Preston on yes. a permanent deal. Yes, we we got rid of him um, a couple weeks ago, which it's it's unfortunate, but at least he'll be able to play. Exactly, and you know, I I didn't see anything coming of that. Um, I couldn't see us actually utilizing him well. We have a real history of having these really promising players and not using them very well. Yeah. Um, that So he's going out. And we, we are going to be having strikers come in, as it, it was announced today, just shortly before we did our pod, by the Bermuda Mail. And Roberto Di Matteo said 
he wants to bring a striker in a per, on a permanent basis and also on a loan, which I think the loan is honestly kind of more interesting because maybe it opens that up to getting someone from actually a top European club, some youngster, you know, like Barcelona or something. Or How excited are you to have a Chelsea striker? Yeah, I'm very excited. Hopefully it's Bertrand Traore because, I mean, his, his level and wages are obviously too high for the championship, but someone so like have- that. So we can misuse another person named Traore? Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, so outgoing Callum Robinson, like you said. Um, Benji Segrist has finally left us. Uh, can you believe that Benji Segrist was 24 years old? Yeah, kind of. I felt I like he was like... 19 forever. Yeah, he kind of, maybe he was, and then he just, they had to get rid of him because he was 24 and they could actually release him for free. Yeah, uh, the great, magnificent Jose Angel Crespo. The oh, yeah, yeah, we actually, I think we actually did these as the last episode one right. with James. But All right, I couldn't sorry. remember if we had or not, so I was uh, Yeah, it had, it had been a while, like over two weeks. Um, the latest name being linked with Villa is Bristol City striker Jonathan Kojia. It's, I probably pronounced that wrong, but K-O-D-J-I-A, and... The fee is around six and a half million, like you said, for a Justed level championship striker. He's kind of in the mold of Justed. He's a centimeter shy of one point nine meters, and he has a brutally average strike rate in the second division of competitions. And I'm not a big fan of him. He's only fetched three million lifetime for in transfer fees, and he's twenty six. So obviously, I mean, maybe he's a late bloomer, but he has thirty eight yeah. goals in one hundred and eight second division games across the championship in Liga 2 or Liga 2 but <laughs> we, we, we already have Rudy Justed to fill this this role I don't think he's worth six and a half million especially to pay that to a league rival that's too much money yeah I uh I would yeah I would buy your argument there I mean I'll, I'll admit to not really knowing that much about the guy but just based on the numbers and based on what I've read I'm not too into the move um I, I honestly do think your thought process a little earlier was better. We should go for a loan. We should try to be that championship club that can really provide some experience. Because if well, Di, Ma- Di Matteo wants both a, a permanent signing and a loan. Yeah, but I think the real focus should be getting a you know stellar loan player. Especially if you could work a loan to buy. Because look what even what Bayern did to Juventus with Kingsley Coman. Like, they're going to get him for $20 million and that's going to end up being a steal. Yeah. Because if you could if you could loan someone for a year and then offer to give them ten million at the end of the year, if it works, you know it, it works. Exactly. I don't know if you stipulated goals or appearances. That's obviously tricky territory to get into. Look how it's ended up with Scott Sinclair, who's someone who we'd obviously like to dump at this stage for any price. Yeah, um, I've seen people saying they don't want to dump Sinclair, and I don't get that. I'm ready to see him leave. I I don't have a problem with them sticking around to provide the squad competition, but I'd much rather see younger players given a chance over him. Yeah, okay. I'll buy and, that. And, you know, if, if it's going to cost Grealish minutes, then I want him out. If yes. Grealish gets hurt, if Carlos Hill sticks around but gets hurt, okay, we have Sinclair, whatever. Um, There's a name I haven't really thought of, Carlos Hill. Um do you think he? That's one where I think around? if any bids come in, he's gone. Yeah. If any bids from a Spanish club. I mean, I know he played the other day in that little in that friendly, but I yeah, I have to think he's gone. 
Um, two two strikers that we know we're not going to be getting also from the championship, uh, Ross McCormack at Fulham mm-hmm. and Patrick Bamford, who he's owned by Chelsea, right? Yes. Okay. He was a, I think he was a Boro last year. Some Norwich, Norwich in, in January or something. I don't know. He's he's been everywhere. Yep. But Chelsea, you were correct. We're not we're not going to be signing him. And so I think that kind of kind of wraps up transfers. Last note is we're not getting rid of Lescott, which we already knew that. We already talked about that. We already got mad about that. Whatever. I'm gonna move on to your Twitter questions. Thanks again for these. Here's a pretty appropriate one from Dean AVFC. If we keep Ayu and Justed, De Villa need to buy another striker. And I think I kind of because I think loan another striker. Yeah, for okay. sure. If if you're keeping Ayu, but again. I'm in the boat that I was probably going to leave if we get a decent bid. Yeah, but if the question here isn't buy, if we don't really care about that part of the terminology, if we keep acquire, them through and need another striker, then yes. Absolutely. Well, the championship's a league where you need certainly four strikers, even if you play only a one-striker formation. And mm-hmm. if, if we're, Di Matteo's going to try some stuff with three at the back, he's going he's gonna to try something with two up top. So yeah. we, we need... Four plus Rasheen Hepburn Murphy. So yeah, I think I think we need to get another one. I don't know. I guess we'll go back to transfers because I just don't know what's going to happen to Gabby. Yeah, and what about um, what about Kozak? You know who we mentioned. You no, know, I have really no idea like. about that. If if Kozier comes in, then we get rid of Kozak. That makes sense. If if any bid comes in for Kozak, he's got to be out. Of, he's got to be done with this club. I think, frankly. God, he has to. He has to want out I, so bad. I couldn't hold anything against him for that, but. Didn't he get injured at the end of last year, too? Probably. Probably. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, that was it. I was like, I know we wrote something about this. He uh, tweeted a picture of himself in a hospital bed on April 28th. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> um, but We should know, pay him a resettlement fee to just go anywhere and be happy. Except not to America, because he'll just lose all his money paying medical bills. God, could you imagine him as like an MLS striker? <laughs> oh my god, his hospital bill would be a million a month. No, send him to the White Caps. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, so kind of speaking of Gabby, we get a question from F. Wallace: Who would win in a match of inner city sumo, Gabby or Eric Chumbajumba? Here's where I have to plead my ignorance. Uh, Inner City Sumo? Is this a meme that I have missed in the past month? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Inner City Sumo. Nope, that doesn't even come up as Googling. F left us a bunch of other um, questions, some of which I'm not going to answer. Six um, Alan Partridge TV shows that ought to exist by now, including Inner City Sumo. Oh, so it's an Alan Partridge thing. Oh. Damn. Sorry. Uh, wait, I, I, I mean, if it's, just, if it's just a sumo, if it's just a sumo match in the in the streets somewhere, I mean, Gabby's got the lard to yeah. uh, to make himself a force. Uh, here we go. Inner but he also sumo. could get injured. Hmm. We take fat people from the inner city, put them in big nappies, and then get them to throw each other out of a circle that we draw with chalk on the ground. Yeah, it's just just sumo, but just in 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 the inner city. That's okay. All right. Yeah. What um, else do we have? I'm sorry. I got distracted. Any any news about the Petrov contract from Oban 
Oban Hartono won, and no, I've I haven't heard anything about that. We know James is going to talk extensively about the podcast, or excuse me, on his podcast tomorrow. They're going to talk extensively about the Petrov contract. And speaking of James, he asked us when are we getting the new jerseys, and soon because the the Chicago Lions Club is placing an order. I think I don't know. I want a new one. I want to get a player on the back. I know that's stupid. And I think I'm just going to get the 57 FA Cup shirt. So that's not really a new. That's not really a new jersey. But yeah. Both of the new ones are are quite good. But my roommate also has a discount at Under Armour, so I'm, I, I, might, I might just wait and get that. I uh, I think I would do a player on the back this year, and I think I would get Petrov. Oh, you can't go wrong with that. It's not going to backfire. Like, if he doesn't make the team, it's cool. If he does make yeah. the team, it's cool. If he sucks, it's cool. If he's great, it's cool. There's no way to go wrong with Petrov right yeah, now. Yeah, that's 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 actually probably going to be the move. Um, I I see no downside to that. I need to get one of those Petrov masks though that they had at at the ground that one day a couple years ago. Oh my god, those we, are great. We use that as the header image for my oh, big yeah. one, and it's horrifying in that header. Oh, it image. is. It is in a in a mask context. It it'd just be a creepy thing to just have sitting up in your room. I think it'd be great in the background of the pod. Just uh, just pops up every once in a while. A bunch we of don't do video anymore. Um, yeah, and then I think the last Twitter question we had, let me check my mentions quickly, but it was from Peter Elliott at Buster Elliott 3. In the 8 no match, we used a completely different 11 each half. Do you think Roberto Di Matteo will opt to play the youngsters or the Lescots? I was really hoping that question was going, do you think Roberto Di Matteo will try to find a way to do this every match? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Eh, it could go worse. Nothing in the rules that says you can't play a dog. I think we have a lot of subs left over from the Lambert days. Is that how that works? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do roll over. It's like AT&T managing. No, uh, because AT&T will only roll over data for one month, and you won't get it the next month, and it's cost me 15 bucks before. <laughs> Assholes. I'm sorry, I hit a nerve here that I was yeah, not you, yeah, expecting. You did. Yeah, you did. I, I don't like them. That's you know, I, I flew into Canada last summer and I turned in, turned on my phone mm-hmm. and I didn't even click on any apps. Apparently, I just had data like on, and I I used 0.2 megabytes of data and it charged me 199 dollars and eight cents. And I was like, um, good lord, Dad, what? <laughs> but the, I got a they like retroactively put that into the plan I got that cost 20 bucks for like a week or something. But yeah, yeah. so. We have we have a couple more friendlies coming up this Saturday, the sixteenth. It's kind of a split squad concept uh, at AFC Telford away. That's at noon, and at Worcester City, that's going to be at three. Thanks to James for the the pronunciation on that one. Um, and then Bristol Rovers, which maybe we're going going to buy a player from them. Yeah, that's you think be... he could buy him at halftime, and he could play for both clubs? And that would be cool. That's like what I don't know. That always happens with like South American teams when they sell players. It seems like a Bill Vec thing to do. Yeah, I, I think he could. It's is he the guy who traded a, a a player for a bag of like fifteen baseballs? I'm not sure if Vec. No, that was a minor league. Well, Vec did own minor league teams. Um, yeah. Maybe. Vec was the guy that signed a small person to pitch, just so he could have the record for the shortest person, or to hit. 
Yeah, to hit, so we would always get walked. Yeah. And I think he wore the jersey number three-fourths. It was kind of like a mascot. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to be Bristol Rovers on July the 20th, and then the following Saturday, oh, Aston Villa will be in France at FC Nantes, and that's Jordan Vertu's former club. No word on if he'll suit up for one side per half. But just thought we'd give you those because I don't know if we'll be back before then. Um, but there is going to be some more content from 7500 to Holt before then. Actually, tomorrow, like I said a little earlier, James Rushton is going to be recording another episode of On the Pod, My Lord. I think that's with Ellis Sanford and Adam Clark. I'm not sure if both of them will be there. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, they'll they'll have that for you. So you got a couple of Villa podcasts coming up the next couple days. So I want to thank you for listening to ours, the Holtcast, which you can find wherever you've found it before. And if you want to leave us an iTunes review, that would be very great. We would thank you for that. Robert will buy you a beer, or I will if, if we ever see you in, in person. person. Yes, in person, and uh, sure, I will buy you a beer for an iTunes review. Yeah. It may not be a good beer, but you'll get a beer. Oh, I'll, I'll buy you a good beer. I'll buy you America the beer. Oh, no. Don't don't say that. Um, yeah, so I think without further ado, we can end this episode for Robert Lintot. I've been Jack Grimsey, and we'll see you next time on the Holtcast. <laughs>